morning. Hello, you're listening to Four Micronesians by Micronesians. In May is Asian American Pacific Islander Heritage Month. And so I plan to highlight dynamic Micronesians that everyone should meet. And today I have a guest named Josie. Josie is a Micronesian mother, daughter, auntie, and servant. She's also the director of We Are Oceania in Hawaii. And is the person who inspired me to name the podcast for Micronesians by Micronesians because she says, that's what We Are Oceania does. And I love the concept. So how else would you describe yourself, Josie? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, for giving me this opportunity. And also, thank you for creating this space. I mean, I think this is such a needed space. So congratulations, Angela. Thank you. Um, How do I describe myself? I think uh, you just said it. I'm I'm, I'm from Onon. I'm an other island woman. Um, How would I say? I I don't know. I, I don't like to talk a lot about myself but <laughs> um just i guess more of a mother figure to to a lot of people maybe to our community yeah it's hard to be put on the spot <laughs> <laughs> so what what type of micronesian are you uh, i'm from onon uh and from chuk state so um but i consider myself uh, more um, I don't think of me just as just a Jugis, but I think more of me as from that area. So I guess when in terms of my work, I always don't just look out for Jugis, but I look out for everyone that is from Micronesia or yeah, the Pacific so, Islands. Yeah. So I think you were able to listen to the first episode. So Isamo we're, um, well, my, my, my dad is mixed, but. Um, like mm-hmm. his family is like pure Pinglapis and how mm-hmm. like Pinglap is considered part of the state of Punpei, but we don't call ourselves Punpei and we call ourselves Pinglapis. Um, but like I was telling him about, I was actually talking about you, about how you still identify as Chukis, but you're from an atoll and how like I wonder if it, you know what I mean? Like it's so complex. Um, I, I do understand what you mean because yes, that's very true to not just me, but the many uh, people who come from the outlying area of Chuk, um, mm-hmm. there's there are three um, area, which is four areas. So four different atolls. I think in the Mordlaks, maybe multiple atolls. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Mordlaks is another, it's an area, which is between Point Bay and Chuk. Uh, and they consider themselves Mordlakis. And then uh, in the northwest, uh, it's, and So um, I come from Namunwaita. Um, and in Chu, I consider myself Fin Fan. So uh, I don't usually or normally say I'm Chugis when I'm in Chu. But here in Hawaii, it's a new identity. And I think that's one thing that our kids have uh, different from us um, because they're born and raised here. So it's a new identity that they have to get used to, even just being Micronesian. Yeah. It's a totally new identity because we back home, we don't say Micronesian. And um, I can feel the difference when I say I'm from Fan. It comes with who I am, the culture, my everything, you know. And if I say I'm from Chuk, it's more, it's broader. Um, and it, I can, I, I guess, 
involves me to acculturate and to wear the dress and to even speak the dialogue. Um, so I speak multiple dialects just so that I can, you know, I can converse with uh, Chukis who are from the lagoon. So in Chuk, we consider Chuk Chukis uh, the people who are from the lagoon because the islands are mountain islands, and Chuk yeah. literally means mountain. And I come from a flat atoll, uh, sand islands, and we're called Fanapi, which literally means sand islands. So it's a huge difference, and it's a huge impact with identity when you lump everybody into one identity that does not speak really or resonate with other people because it does it doesn't have meaning to them yeah yeah i'm so happy so thank you for bringing that up yeah no, i'm so happy you're speaking with me too because um you know what do we do when we're going to do interview people we tend to reach out to people we know and i'm so happy to know you because um obviously a lot of people i know are people i grew up with who are you know people from you know pingalap or Pante. Mm -hmm. I'm so happy to know you because also a lot of the people that I know are people who are like me. They were either born or raised or maybe, you know, they've been in America since they were really young. And I love like talking to you because you were born and raised mm -hmm. back home. And then you came here once you were, you know, ready for your education and whatnot. And it's always like, it's just nice. It's, it's refreshing to speak to somebody who, who like actually has experience, um, like growing up back home. I love that about you. Thank you. Thank you. So one of my questions is if you were stranded on a deserted island and could only have one person to keep you company, who would you choose? Oh, wow. <laughs> That's really hard because there's, I mean, everyone in my life are very important to me. Um, you know, I have three kids and they're very yeah. important to me. But I think with the age I'm at, um, I'm not going to say how old am I, but uh, <laughs> um, and going going through life, you know, this far, mm -hmm. um, I think I would take my husband. And that's Aww. just because he's my life partner. My kids will grow up and find their partners and, you know, they'll go on with their lives. Um, yeah. But I have this one person whom I commit to be with to the end of my life. Aww. That means you chose well. <laughs> Thank you. What is your dream career? Oh, my dream career is really like right now with WOW, it's one of the dream. But um, one of like the ultimate dream career would be to um, create, you know, create a program. It could be like a charter school or but a program, a, a true space for youth for Micronesian youth from all different walks. But I especially for oh, the wow. ones yeah, for the ones who are born and raised here, to give them a chance to um I know how you say you you like listening to me because I, I was born and raised in that culture. So for me I, I see the gap. And I mm -hmm. think there's a need to it's not gonna be hundred percent, but at least, you know, give um, you know like try as much as possible to give a chance for you folks, my kids and you to be mm -hmm. able to experience that because um, being a Chugis, being, uh, you know, from Fanapi or being from Bingalap uh, yeah. also involves uh, leaving it, feeling it, smelling it, <laughs> tasting it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. uh, so I, it would be, it would be my dream to be able to give you guys that chance. 
to create that space. Yeah. Well, I know um, Vid, he's your uncle. Mm -hmm. I know that you said that he pretty much created the Micronesian Youth Summit and then you guys kind of took that blueprint and made it your own. And obviously that's something some of us in on the mainland, that's what we hope to do too. But I think what I really like about about you is I feel like you have you generate a lot of ideas, but like having an idea is is so good because it there's so much that you have in your brain that it really does impact the whole community because then you know like I said people like me I'm like really inspired by you oh. so it always gives me ideas <laughs> of things that I can bring back home and um it you know what I mean what do they call it? it's like paying it forward you're not just impacting the group of Micronesians that are in Hawaii but then like more people are inspired by you in different places and then when they come visit you and then they go back out it's you know it magnifies it may, it's like ripples it's like the ripple effect it gets bigger and bigger which I love um I think with my approach is really uh it's it, it's universal need right like if if a mm -hmm. human being need to feel uh belong need to feel mm -hmm. accepted need to feel respected so yeah. with that growing up in a culture that honored that um gives me um you know like it helps me i think it it gives me that that um how do i say ability to to see or have the vision for that mm -hmm. type of stuff and yeah you know how people say you gotta dream you gotta dream um i mean it's so true and um all you do is just dream and uh, but you have to see you visualize it and then you put it to action and then you see the product of it um and like i honor every human being so mm -hmm. for some reason i mean like and I don't know this, but a lot of people who gives me feedback on how they like uh, we are Oceania or like um, uh, the Youth Summit, uh, how that space is so uh, welcoming or is so inclusive. I think it's in the genes, <laughs> in, in, in all of our genes, because we grew up in, a, yeah. in places like that. Um, but really, I, I grew up with just learning to be um, kind, to be compassionate and to have you know, here in Hawaii, they say the spirit of aloha. Um, and we have the same cultural value to make mm. people feel welcome, make people feel uh, part of your family. Make So I think value, um, I, that's what guide, guided me on doing this. And, um, you know, like the, the idea that I just shared about or my dream of uh, my dream retirement would be, you know, to be able to create that and then I can retire. It's all mm -hmm. from what what you see as a need or what you see. So it's not just something that it's uh, like you cannot reach, but I really feel that this is reachable. <laughs> yeah. Do you have anything else on your bucket list? <laughs> anything else? Um, okay. Another one was that I will be able to um, create a program that will fund and I said a woman, it, and it doesn't have to be just a girl, but uh -huh. I really, really believe that if if I can help one child from a family to obtain a college degree, that child can in turn help the family. Yeah. Because uh, in our, you know, like in our culture now with money being a big or like one of the most valued thing, um, it's hard when 
uh, money you can only acquire if you work if you're out here in the United States but when you're back home there's not enough jobs so if you want to get uh, enough money to be able to afford like you know education and all that stuff you have to go out to get edu educated and so you can earn more money um, and yeah. that's true to us Micronesians so uh, and really honestly like I I really believe that if if we give a chance to a child in each family and mm -hmm. I can use my island there's maybe about 40 households so if a child yeah. from each household uh, gone to college then that you know it can really come back and help the family not only as form of development you know like to become more westernized or become more modernized but on to also like learn like to actually value the culture back and and learn the you know, like our, that our culture has been always uh sustainable or sustaining us for the, the long time and uh innovative you know um with this coronavirus it's just another reminder that yeah. Uh, going back to the way we live, you know, off the land and all that, it's more sustainable than waiting for toilet paper to come in, waiting for the food to come yeah. into the store. So um, I don't know if I'm off track, but yeah. No, but no, I like what you said, because um, I have heard there's like a maybe it's an African proverb or something. And it says when you when you educate a man, you educate a provider when you educate a woman you educate a family oh i never heard that before okay i like that it's yeah so that's that's one of my ultimate goal and i think it's probably a more reachable goal than the you know the center like the school that that program for the youth um it's yeah. you know like little by little i can from a family to be able to go to college and have a chance just like me and i think that's why i'm inspired to do that because somebody had uh, given me the chance. Um, yeah. And so I want to give back in that way that I can, you know, help other girls from other families. I wouldn't be here if, uh, you know, the many people who had paid for my tuition because my parents didn't have money. Uh, yeah. If I didn't go to, you know, Savior High School and meet my, um, you know, classmates, teachers that were so supportive to me. Uh, all the people I met in my life is, and even more makes me value people and friendship and relationship because of that. This is a lighthearted question, but what's something you couldn't live without? Something I couldn't live without. Yeah. Ooh, something I couldn't, well, aside from food. <laughs> <laughs> you know, living in America for most of my life, mm -hmm. uh, there's something that stood out to me and that's my culture. Mm -hmm. I could not make it here if it wasn't for my culture. And and then, of course, you know, God. I cannot live without God, yeah. <laughs> most importantly. Um, but I know God gave me my culture. So, mm -hmm. uh, and that has been the guiding, my guiding star. Okay. What yeah. would you say is your most memorable lesson that you've learned from your parents? My memorable lesson that I learned from my parents um, is to love others. And um, I, I remember, yeah, my dad, like he, one thing that he, he told me was, and even my mom, uh, they gave up their, and, you know, now because I'm a parent, I know how that, what that means. They gave yeah. up, they gave me up for others. Yep, so they exactly. let me go to school. 
they let me go to school, they let me do the work I do uh, uh, and stay here or come here and live half of my life away from, more, most of my life away from them, left home very early. Um, yeah, totally giving me up for others, for the betterment of, you know, our community. And um, so I think, yeah, that's why I do what I do. Wow, that means that they must love the community as much as they do, as much as yes. you do. Yes, yes, definitely. What are you most proud of? I am most proud of the fact that um, I feel like I lived my father's dream mm -hmm. and my mother's dream, uh, being obedient to them and yeah. being able to finish my school. That is, uh, and being able to do the work I do now. It's, and maybe uh, someday you'll have a doctorate. <laughs> I know my mom was like, is school finished? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, this is it, this is it. When I got my master's and I said, oh, no, no, there's one more step. What? And I said, PhD. Okay, go for it. <laughs> go, go. So, um, you know, now that she's gone, um, I'm going to have to leave her dream. And I, um, yeah. And I totally do see that as a possibility. Not for me, though. But uh, I think the more PhD we get from our community, uh, you know, the more uplifted our community would be and more respected in this world. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is, what is something that you wish for, for the Micronesian people? That we all, more of us have the opportunity to obtain our, you know, a college degree, higher degree, even PhD, uh, because that will totally affect our health too. That, you know, we become healthier. This is another lighthearted question, but what is mm -hmm. the most ridiculous way that you've ever been injured? You know, I love playing volleyball. And I, like, I remember nights in college where we would play until one o'clock in the morning. And I had, I sprained my ankle and I felt like I overplayed volleyball. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> you went too hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. What is the most interesting Micronesian superstition that you're familiar with? <laughs> oh my God, there's so many. There's so many. I mean, I grew up on superstitions. I mean, like everything, like even the keko making noise. And even when I think the most Wait, interesting. What does it would mean? Be, what does it mean if the gecko makes noise? Like, if it if the keko is, is making noise from outside your doors, you're gonna have visitors. If it's making noise from inside, uh, you know, people will be leaving your house. Um, I don't know. There's more. My mom used to speak with the keko. Um, That's a tough one because the gecko always makes noise. Yeah, and then and then of course like plants, you know, like the coconut coconut tree. You know, the flower, the flower of the coconut when it's open. A certain way, there's a, a reason or there's a um, meaning of that. And I mean, we totally believe that back home because we don't have radio, we don't have Facebook, we don't have telephone, you know, all those means of communication. So that's how we used to communicate or know what was going on or what's going to come uh, the next day. Um, yeah, and then I find myself like when I drive around here and I see one, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, but then I I remember, oh, I'm in Hawaii. I don't think that's gonna work here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my yeah, yeah, it's just those, yeah. 
I know. Um, I always try to think of traditions as well when I think of um, the, you know, the superstitions. And um, in one of the episodes, I was talking about some of the things that we were taught growing up. But like even traditions, like I know, like one of one of the islands, what they do is like if a man has been growing his hair for a long time, if he yeah. loses someone he really loves he'll mm-hmm. braid it and then he'll cut off the braid and put it in the casket so that a piece of him goes with the yeah person yeah so I, always, I always like stuff like that like the things that are traditional that you know it's it's very unique to the culture and I think Native Americans do that too but it's still there's meaning behind it in terms of what it means to the culture yes, yes. and it's very valuable like you must yeah. do it yeah and um, but I have a, I have a good one, and this is yeah. not superstition, but it's you know like the way we do our medicine. Okay. <laughs> so um, this can end our conversation on a on a good note. So okay. uh, this is about my mom again. So like my mother in law, um, they needed to. She was having some symptoms of what you know this type of sickness, and there's a cure for it in our culture. So my mom knows the medicine for it. So. They took me because they don't know how to drive, so I have to drive them around and I have to pick the plants for them, the part of the plants. And there was one part that my mom was like, okay, now we got everything. The last part is we're going to have to go to the, uh, uh, where the wind come from. The We call it like Mahan Hebwet, it's like the face of the wind or the direction where the wind comes mm-hmm. from, but you have to be the only person in the very front of you know, like everybody else. So I'm picturing in my head, okay, here, I'm on Oahu in Hawaii. There are many beaches. And of course, the wind always come, come, uh, you know, inward from the ocean. So, yeah. so I said, okay, so we have to go east of Oahu. We have to go somewhere in Kaneohe. And I'm going to have to go stand on the beach, like in front of all the tourists, like, you know, <laughs> uh, be the first, like be the only person that like, closest to the ocean with a windmill, like made out of coconut leaves. <laughs> um, small toy windmill like to blow yeah. to uh, have the wind blow the toy and then when it starts moving really fast I have to grab it so then I I was like thinking of how hard that task was and I said mom why don't we just go home I go turn on the fan and then we <laughs> turn on the fan and face the windmill to coconut windmill to the fan and it will blow it and start turning and then I, you grab it <laughs> She was so upset and so offended. I and I was like, <laughs> and I I was like, damn, that was a great idea. Why is it so? But that's yeah. For you, that was new medicine. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not going to Kaniohe from Pearl City all the way there with my baby. No way. Oh my goodness. Oh. Well, that was all. But thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. Thank you for having me. Yes. Do you have anything that you would like to tell people about, like um, books that they should read, podcasts they should listen to, anything that you're like really in love with that you think other people should look, you know, check out? Well, this might be a boring book, but you know, when I was doing my master's, I don't know if you did it, but I love this book and I recommend to other people who, you know, are serving others. Uh, and that's, uh, your spirit what what's the title of the book something like do you remember that it's like catch your spirit when you fall or something like that but it's a mong a story about the mong and how um 
you know, they were working with service providers and things like that. But yeah. Ooh, I'm going to look it up. Yeah, let me. Don't ever feel like you're boring. The other day, remember I told an entire group about Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a big deal in social work and psychology and social services. Uh -huh. <laughs> and then anything that you'd like to plug, like your handles, like um, things that people should follow on social media. Like, do you have a... Facebook page or Instagram page um, that you think people should follow? Yes, we have a Facebook. We are Oceania Facebook. Um, yes, and it's really it. important. Yeah, we put a lot of uh, information on there, especially about the COVID-19 and um, in language, resources. Um, we have our website at www.weareoceania.org. And um, yeah. You guys do a really good job of making sure that there's language resources out there for different Micronesians. Oh, thank you. Um, and yes, so I, I think that it's good that you did a shout out for that because I think people need to hear that. Thank so. you. Thank you. Well, thank you again. That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Josie. I'll talk to you okay, later. Okay. Have a great day. You okay, too. Bye. bye.